Here's the pitch. It's a slow curve low, and the babe swings. It's a long one, a long one going out toward right center. Sting was backing up against the wall. He can't get it. It's in there. Another home run for the Bambino. So the babe hits his second homer. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Cousin Oz, the People's Mailman, back for another episode with Cousin Tony, the Architect. Boy, oh boy, do we have a special show lined up for you today. As you just heard, we added a different wrinkle to the intro, and that can only mean one thing. That's right. It's time for Corky's Corner, the man, the myth, the legend, or as I like to call him, Corky the Curator. Now, we recorded this episode in Corky's Man Cave aka museum and i was absolutely blown away by not only his card collection but his antiques as well now i could go on all day about my man cork but i'll let him tell his story so without further ado here's the interview all right all right so this is going to be a get to know corky type of show so the first question cork we just want to know your personal backstory what makes corky tick you know who is corky where do you come from where do you work? You know, just who's Corky? I grew up in Reading, just like you guys. Um, I grew up northeast Reading, um, if anybody local knows that. Um, but anyway, um, I collected for a long time. I coach soccer since I'm about 17 years old. Um, I, um, I have five children here now. One's out of college, one's two are going to college, and two others are in high school. Um, I'm a mailman, that's how I met Oz. Um, I've been a mailman for 34 years, pretty much the same office, I'm 55, and um, like most of you guys listen to this podcast, you had a collection, you lost your collection, you got it back, now we're in a got it back stage, and hopefully this one we keep. Um, so um, there's going to be plenty of questions, plenty of ways the market has changed, plenty of ways the collecting has changed over the years that I've been doing this, and um, it's been fun, it's really fun, I'm just just like these guys, just collecting. You know, so. th this is really awesome, Corky, just having you here. Um, the people that have been listening uh, to our show since the beginning, we've been talking about you. You uh, basically got me back into this hobby, letting me know that I had an $18 Jordan collection. And <laughs> I appreciate that because it really pushed me. I'm a competitive person by nature. So when I seen what you were doing and everything that you had going on, and I started diving deeper into the hobby. I realized, you know, my competitive juices started flowing. So that's when I really got into it and doing all my research and, and diving really deep into to everything. Now, you and I were pretty much on a complete ends of the spectrum when it comes to uh, collecting. I'm more of the uh, modern and you're definitely more of the vintage. So give me your background in collecting. Where, you know, where, where, where do you focus in when it comes to? Like, like, like I, um, well, I said to right when we introductions, I that I collected. I was five years old when I got my first pack of cards. My mom walked me up to the corner, 13th and Greenwich Street, which is local to us. Apologize for people not from here. Um, got my first pack of cards, and then my first pack of a lot of people know wacky packs, which are awesome. Explain, By the way, if you ever find those, they're yeah, awesome. Explain those to me. I know you mentioned that a couple times to me. What are wacky packs? Wacky packs were or still exist today. Um, they are a parody of items bought at the store so it would be like instead of chuck full of nuts um coffee it would say chuck full of nuts and bolts so instead of crest it says crust they were stickers and they become extremely popular and actually quite valuable for the 70s there's 16 series that existed 
through the early 70s. They've been brought back by Tops nowadays. You can get them on Tops.com. You can find these things. I collect the early versions because, like I was going to get into, collecting is about memories you have as a child. That's pretty much how you get into it. So everybody at different ages have different start points of collecting. And that's and then you just go from there, kind of mushrooms, which and it's a great hobby for so everybody. Nostalgia, yes, Nostalgia's it's, it's nostalgia. Fun. If you're into nostalgia, this is perfect for you. I mean, and it can be different. There's, I'm sure there's other questions that um, the guys are going to ask me about this, but it's all about what you like and where your starting point of collecting and memories are as a child. It, for me, my first year is 1973. I remember collecting the cards. So that's my favorite set, kind of, because that's the first one you collect, and everything goes from there. So 1973, I wasn't even born yet, Corky. <laughs> I was five. Okay, I'm just making sure. Now, you're not that much older. 75, 75. Okay, I was five, I was five or six years old. I think, well, I was born, I was born 67 in January, so it was five, five or six. Wow. So now the, uh, so those wacky packs are almost like, uh, almost like garbage pail kids. Yes. Something, I mean, like go, yeah, yeah, something, something like that. 70s garbage film. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It'd be, you know, it'd be it's fun just, one day. Yeah. We can do another stuff if, if, if I get a chance to come <laughs> on again. Well, we'll bust them out and we'll look at them. They're, yeah. they're fun. They're so, really cool. Yeah, so so that kind of all ties in. So why why the vintage stuff for you? Why the vintage stuff over the new, shiny, modern stuff? It's memories. Um, and like I said, when you're a child, it's pretty not as much stress. You're just enjoying your childhood. You start collecting sets. You remember the players. You go back and try to get their rookies, and then you see other players that are part of that, and you go back and try to get theirs, and you just start going back and forth. And also you're a, com a, a completionist, so to speak. So if you have a set, you want to finish that set. You make lists. You start to meet other people that you can trade with all over the country now with the Internet, which is great. So there's plenty of different ways that you can collect and everybody's different and everybody there's no wrong way to collect it's just my niche is i really enjoy collecting vintage cards it's fun stuff i would never have had condition doesn't matter to me as well because it keeps it within a reasonable cost frame and um I don't know. That's just pretty much how I've collected, and that's why I like vintage. You know, and it's funny because at, at the uh, at the office, you know, I'm known as the graded guy. You know, you got Corky and you got Aaron, who's another collector that does the vintage. You know, they they do their sets. Well, you know, I'm the singles graded guy. Okay. <laughs> he gets all the new shiny stuff with all the great. Okay. And, and do, I do have some of the older stuff, um, but my collection mainly you know focuses on the Allen Iverson and, and the you know the Jordans the 80s the 90s and the 2000s um, and like Corky said there's no real wrong way to collect to me there's value in pretty much anything you can find but it just has to be the right thing and that comes with really doing your research and your homework and getting those right cards um, now Cork obviously you go with the vintage what are, what are some of your favorite sets and then on top of those sets what are some of your favorite players that you like to collect? Um, some of the sets um, have great look to them. Um, 73 is the one closest to my heart because that's the first year I started collecting. And it's also the last year where some of the older collectors and the newer ones know as well that cards came out in series. Meaning there's first series, second series, third series, fourth series, and on like six or sevens depending. So... The end of the year is the last series, which are more difficult to get than others because 
football's coming out, the salesmen are pushing the football cards to the, you didn't have a baseball card shop you went to, you went to your grocery store and bought your cards. So like the grocery grocers getting things to put out in their shelves. So football's coming, here's your football. The grocer didn't buy as many as Series 6, Series 7. Are those the so high they, numbers? Yes, that that's okay. where the high numbers okay, call. Yeah. I always, hear, I always hear that. I, you know, I was like, I'm not a vintage collector, so you hear, like, if I listen to, say, Dr. James Beckett, his podcast, and, he was, and him and his buddy are always talking about, yeah, the high numbers, the high numbers. I'm like, what the hell are the high numbers? We'll get into this down the road. There's some, there's some high number sets that are, the common cards are five $600 a piece in really good shape. That's, for an advanced collector. Right. I'm not an advanced collector. I'm advanced in my head, but I'm not advanced <laughs> in money. So those are a dream. You might get some beat up, ripped apart, but you have one. You just put them in the back burner, etc. The cards, the high numbers, like I say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just collect what you collect. That's the first year I liked, I, I knew of, um, that I liked. For look, a 1965 tops. They have these flags on them. Um, you guys want to, if you don't know which ones I mean, go on eBay and look at them. They're beautiful. They're a great looking card. A lot of people really like, which I like as well, the 71 tops baseball set, which is um, black border. They call them black beauties. Really hard to get in a perfect condition. Ship. Everything chips because of the color of them. Mm -hmm. Another great looking set. But And then the older you get, just the nostalgia, the smell of them. It's different than now. You can smell an old card. It sounds silly. Take one and smell it. You, 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 the history's... The taste. You can, you, you can smell it. <laughs> taste the you really gum. can. And, and it, sounds, it sounds silly to say it that way. You get... And guys that have older stuff, You, one of the things you'll see of people, is this real or not? Some guy will say, smell it. And they'll think you have six heads. <laughs> smell it. Wow. You can tell the difference. You can smell and, and the, the card. And the feel. And the feel. You can tell. The, you know, if it's glossy and looks too good to be true, nine times out of ten, it might be. I mean, I've seen people that you know? actually go out of their way to weather the card. You right. know, they'll but treat it. still it. doesn't smell the same. <laughs> right. They'll treat it. They'll, you know, crease it and do all kinds of things right. and try to pass it off as a fake. Exactly. Um, but, that, yeah, that, that that's very interesting. That's cool. <laughs> so now you're a uh, you, – you mentioned – you know, yeah, I'm not. We're not sitting on piles of money here, right. so you got to kind of be strategic to get to where you want to be. So, what what are what are some of your collecting strategies? How do you go about getting those cars that you want without breaking the bank? Well, at first, like we get, I don't usually buy a card one at a time. I look for people that, and I shouldn't say this, that came out wrong, but it's, um, I I don't look. I look for people that are selling in bulk. So it might look like a lot more money at once, and I don't mind trying to sell what I have, what I already have, to get, like if I buy, say Tone, you have 61956 Tops cards, and you want to get $600 out of them, and I have three quarters of them. Okay, maybe I fill in with the 30 I need, but now I start selling them, or trying to sell them on, on Facebook groups, um, and I put one at a time on, and you and Oz might fight it out that you got it up to six bucks a piece. You're still getting a good deal for a six dollar car, but I only got a dollar in it. Right. So if I do that fourteen times a night, I made my money back and I got my cards for free. And if you can take the time and effort to do that, it's a great way to do it because you're not ripping anyone off. People are getting a good chunk of money at one time, and then people might spend. I still say my philosophy is more people have. Fifty dollars and five hundred, mm -hmm. and so 
you sell a card for $50 10 times, you still got your 5G, I mean your $500, where you might wait three days to sell that $500 card where I sold 10 times that in three sure. days because people have 50 bucks. Sure. You know, if your prices are fair, and, and I'm not a dealer, I just collect, but try to minimize my expenses by selling what my extra things are, if that makes sense. So, Court, do you do most of your damage when it comes to collecting, not damage per se, but where you do most of your activity, is it in Facebook groups, would you yes. say? eBay I use as well, but that would if I came across and got lucky enough to get a higher end, really rare card, I would put it on face on eBay. The reason I would do that is because you have a much a bigger group that some people don't join those groups. More viewers. More viewers, I should say. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I would do it that way because your expenses and so forth are much more on eBay. But when it comes to the Facebook groups, you have your guys that know. And 99% of those people are good people. If you're new to the hobby and you're learning you want to get in vintage, join those groups because that way these guys will help you. And especially if, you, if you're sitting on a collection and you don't know what to do, don't let the first person come up and say, here, here's $1,000. And your, your, your father left you stuff, which is starting to happen now. Go on those groups. Start asking questions. Guys will lead you the right direction. And they'll be fair to you. And, that's, and I've seen that a hundred times. And then, you know, you hook them up and you, and then they hook you up and it works out much better that way. So somebody come in like directly brand new. Okay. Let's yeah. just say, for example, they got their father left them a collection or they inherited one right. or they just want to come in and try to start from scratch. But the vintage, that's what they, they like. And, you know, they maybe had nostalgia from back in the day. How would they get in a Facebook group? Like, how does that even work? Do you got to get an account? Do you have to get ready? Like... Because I know you told me about it first off the bat, and I was like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. You're on Facebook. Right. And Most of us have a Facebook most of account. Have, if you have a, you're a Facebook account, and you can Google baseball cards, and you'll see stuff come up for groups. Mm -hmm. um, and you can request to join. So and they'll request to join. So they're, they're kind of like, it's, it, they're, they're yeah. little groups. You it just doesn't can't, cost you any money or nothing. No, now, no, 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 no. You know, most of them, there's some that you could just join right away, right? But there's some that they, they do a little background on. Right. They do a little background, kind of asking... Um, like if you'll follow their rules because it, it figure it's all collectors mm -hmm. okay and are there some are there is there one or two guys on there hey look I'll give you five of course there is that's anywhere okay. but then the thing that's nice about these groups in my opinion because when you post and you put that comment and somebody comes up there there's going to be five other guys that dime that guy out right, right. I got you and they're going to and they're going to say no 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 don't do that yet take a look at what you have Here, I'll send you a direct a PM message here's my comps or here's my vouchers. Like guys will ask for vouchers from other people, sure. Which is sweet. That gives you the more confidence to know. Look, these guys are legit and cool. They're not old dealers. Some are dealers because they've gone to the virtual world mm -hmm. instead of having a brick and mortar shop. Right, right. right but a lot right. are just like me and collector. I guess you know being collectors. But by selling, I guess you could say I am a dealer, so to speak. But not really. Mm -hmm. I'm just selling my doubles. I gotcha. You know what I mean? And on these Facebook groups. Okay, so you go on there. What, 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 what kind of strategies as as far as you you know you got you bought a bulk lot. Mm -hmm. You know you kept the thirty that you needed. Mm -hmm. So let's just say you bought two hundred cards. So now you have one hundred seventy cards. What, what do you do? You know you get on this Facebook group. How are you going to sell it? Like what? How, what's your strategy on that? My, you can do it many a different way. Um, you can you can say I have these. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get X amount a piece. Send me your list if it's commons. 
I go through your list. I got this many. Um, I would all, I mean, and I need this much. And you can do that. You can put, there's groups that say a deal or no deal. You have a mind in your head and guys, a number in your head, I'm sorry. And guys start to pick and choose. I mean, they start throwing numbers out at you. And if you're not comfortable, say no deal, you get to that point. I, or you can do straight auctions, which I like the best. And I put a card on opening bid, three bucks, mm -hmm. four bucks. It's just a common card. A buck? A buck. It could be a buck. Yeah. Yes. And then it gets to eight bucks. And you're like, oh, eight dollars, big deal. Yes. But if you did that a bunch of times and get into a rhythm, that becomes a real source of income. If, you know, if you get an hour or two a night and you can put 20 things on, on a bunch of different groups and you follow their rules, you can do relatively well and keep your collection going by selling off your, there's also trade groups okay. all over the place. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. And the only thing with trade groups, in my opinion, that I worry about sometimes, and there's, there's nothing wrong with them, some people's X condition is not my X condition. I got you. So I send something really nice and I get something that somebody had in their baseball hat and <laughs> they thought it was nice. Right. Now you have a bad taste in your mouth. But you get used to people you're trading with, mm -hmm. and you start to know what their gig is. I got Does that it. make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with, yeah. and with vintage, it's way different than modern. You, you right. know what I mean? Like, modern, you, you definitely, you could do raw, you know, but you prefer graded. Uh, with, with vintage, you know, I remember the one Facebook group you, you had me sign up for, which was called Well Loved. Yes, I'm one that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I just chuckled when I saw it because it's when you go into explain the kind of cars that you're seeing on it when it when they say well loved what does that mean Corky? There was well for example and I've seen this card now sold three or four times on the page. Somebody bought the card raw for four hundred dollars, mm -hmm. then it got it graded, it came back authentic. Now it went for like seven hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Then somebody had buyer's remorse. I'll tell you what the card is in a minute. And it went to six hundred. Then it went up to eight hundred. It's a 1955 Roberto Clemente rookie card that the one corner was burnt that he used to probably start a cigarette. Oh, wow. It's missing wow. the one corner of the card. It's missing. There's nothing there. Sure. It's just the card, and it's missing the whole bottom corner of the card. I saw it. I, Aaron, Aaron O'Brien, yeah. he goes, he tags me on it to buy it. I'm like, dude, you're nuts. I'm not buying that stupid thing. And um, it was gone. So I paid five hundred dollars for it. I'm like, wow. you guys are on crack, but they bought it and then they got it graded. It came back in A because it's real. Yeah. Now, granted, if people don't know, I apologize for making it like you should know this. That's a minimum five thousand dollar card, and if it's in really good shape, you're talking ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. So Roberto Clemente, hey, Roberto, rookie, what, what, 19, what, what, 1955 tops Roberto Clemente rookie card. Right, gotcha. Um, it's the key card to that set. And it's an extremely valuable and sought-after card. That, that honestly, listen, I'm not a vintage guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. But when I think of vintage, that's the card that pops in my head. That's what my grail is for my vintage. That's what I want to, you know, go ahead and go after. So I'm just letting you know. Right. When, I, when the, Cousin Oz goes for his vintage card, it's going to be a Clemente rookie. You're going to be battling it out with you know, on Facebook. Well, 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 here's what happened. And then I'll give you, if, if you don't mind, I'll give you a quick sure. story. I have, now the 55 I have upstairs, I had to put a couple things in it um, that I'd gotten. But um, a 55, a guy was selling his stuff on Facebook and, and was a quick shot. 
that's why that's low grade. It's not always auction. Mm -hmm. It's like I have a price on, and it could be in two seconds. First come, first serve. Right. If he says three hundred, boom. So he put on. If he goes, well, there's a crease. He put a fifty-five Roberto Clemente rookie on and said three hundred dollars, mm. and it was gone in ten seconds. Right. I didn't see it to the next day. <sighs> but what you can here's another one of my strategies. Then you're not trying to rip the person off. That's what he wanted for that price or that sure. card. I PM'd him, sent it as a private message. If you don't know Facebook, do you have any other cards? He did. He had a fair price. He had some numbers he wanted. I ended up buying the Sandy Koufax rookie out of it. I paid four for that, four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes, "Well, there's a," and I said, "Okay." I hadn't even seen it yet. It was nicer than I thought it was. I didn't get it graded. I didn't get it graded. But I kept it. But I bought all his comments. Okay. Like we talked about. I bought sure. all the comments. And there was high numbers, which aren't as extreme as some other years, but there was high numbers in it. I gave him, he goes, oh, good. I gave him, I think it was a dollar and a half a piece. I paid like $650, $700. But, which sounds like a lot of money to some people. And it does. But by doing it smartly, it wasn't because I ended up getting most of that money back by selling them one at a time. Am I making sense? Yes. It's almost like, yep. and I used my PayPal credit to do it. Mm -hmm. Six months, same as cash. You buy something for 600 If you get 1200 out of it, now I got my Sandy Koufax for free. So you're basically, you're basing it like on the uh, the Sam's Club type bulk rate? Like, yes. Like, explain it. Yeah, yes. And, and you're not being unfair to the person that's, that's, bought, that's selling the cards. If you go to the store, for example, and you buy a pound of meat, it might be... Well, now, $10, $12 a pound. <laughs> right. If you go buy 500 pounds of meat at the butcher, you're not paying $12 a pound. You might be paying $5.50 a pound. Right. So if people want their money right away, and they have a bunch of these cards, I've never heard of these guys, but collectors that want to build sets know what they're looking for, and they say, okay, I'll give you this. They are happy. They got their $600, their number in their head they got. Sure. And then I take the time... And sell them one at a time, and to other people that don't have that five hundred. I'm not that I have it. It's just I'm just working. It's not working a system. That's a, that's a negative word. I'm not yeah. trying to make it sound that way. Yeah. But that way, you can get your cards at a less, much layers if you have the time and make the effort to do that. Some people don't want to do it, and that's okay. Some people don't, but that's that's perfectly fine. Now, do you find often that? set collectors are more vintage guys as opposed to the newer people i think so because i i feel like that's an, an older you know not an older collector type thing i think so and here's two of the reasons why nowadays what you buy nowadays what you buy there's not sets to build you're opening for the hit right right you're not opening for the set and i think some of that stuff's getting overlooked like the like for example, that what's it called? Flawless. Yes. Super cool looking thing. Mm -hmm. Not where my wheelhouse is, right. but super cool. Like you, Oz, super cool card you had from that. Mm -hmm. Now you get common cards in that quote unquote for the cost of that set. Where are they going? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if those cards are just getting put off to the side, right? That box was almost $2,000. Yeah. Those commons, there's not millions of those commons. So all of a sudden, five years from now, people are going to realize, gee, what's that base card, John Morant card, that was actually a second year John Morant card that was in there, 
that I paid $2,000 for that box and got a big hit. That's, I bet you that's a three, $400 card. Mm -hmm. right. It should be. Yeah. Because there's not going to be, it's not like there's tons of them. They're not numbered. There's colors on some of them. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. But most of them are numbered. If, <laughs> I, if I'm a collector now and I want new stuff, especially the basketball, because basketball is cray cray. Yeah. But I would actually look for those base cards that people are ignoring because honestly, down the road, they're going to have, they're not going to be. Five thousand dollars, but still, you're gonna like you're you're gonna John Morant's gonna be a Hall of Famer down the road. Hopefully, God willing, everything's good. I'm just using right. them as an example. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But those cards that people are overlooking from that super high end stuff, you can build sets for. Yes, and gotcha. really enjoy it. Yes, if you like, or even just the team set. You want all the Sixers. You want all the right. Celtics. You want all them. You can probably get them now cheaper than you will when people realize yeah. what that yeah, stuff is. Yeah, because everybody everybody wants that. Opinion. You know that that like you said the case hit. The card deck, it, it's like a lottery ticket. Yes. You know? But you can still send your lottery ticket in and get a credit from the state Correct. if you lose. Correct. <laughs> so, so, so look at it that way, right? Right, right. Awesome, awesome. All right, Cork. What do you want to accomplish with Corky's Corner? Honestly, it sounds like this is going to evolve. I mean, we could be talking about the stupid stuff on my walls. We can be talking, mean, or whatever, or we can pick out sets, like especially for people that might want to get into vintage. There is so that's why that book that you see comes out every year from Beckett is so thick. The thick book of vintage is there's so many sets in there that people be like, "What? I didn't know that existed." <laughs> people be, and, right, <laughs> and, and I don't know. You learn something every day with vintage. You might collect a team. And I had a buddy of my, I, well, I've never met him in person, but he lives in Wisconsin. He's a Brewers collector. Somebody put on a team set from 85. I tagged him on it. And he goes, oh, thanks. I don't have that one. Wow. It might be 20 bucks. I don't know. Deal or no, I don't know what it's worth. I don't know. But you have it. He collects Brewers. So he want that. There's so many different sets that I don't know exist. I mean, we can go up with this stuff. And there's stuff that people collect that are super high end. That they're beat. Those tobacco cards are 130 years old. There's right. stuff that are 150 years old that people are collecting. And it's super cool. There's groups on Facebook. You can learn so much from people. There's people on there that forgot more than I know. Many more that are more into it when it comes to money. I mean, how much they want to spend, etc. But it's, it's each set. It's almost like I almost want to accomplish like people learning that are doing vintage. We can talk about a set each week. How, what, you know, what some of the key cards are. What it looks like. I mean, you guys post stuff, take a picture of it, put it on your thing. If people sure. want to go that far, look what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And have some examples. Like, you don't need the best-looking card. You don't need to have it gem mint. Right. Like we were talking about before we went on air. You can have the same... Com I, always, I believe you can have the same conversation with a card that has bad corners as you can with a card that's perfect. Same card. Those crease cards have more of a story than the one that's perfect. Yeah. 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 That, that, yeah. Who knows where that card went? Right. Exactly. But you still have that. You still get that memory. You still have that feeling of accomplishment that you have that card. And if you come across and are lucky enough to get another one, okay, you've upgraded. And now I can just turn and sell that card. And I'm going to get at least what I paid for it, probably more, because they just keep going up. I gotcha. The only negative I have at all with when it comes to, I shouldn't even say it's a negative. It's just that I buy the basic set. Now, I buy the pop set, and I buy the update. You have to buy it by box um, to make the set. And I buy the Topps Heritage, which looks like old cards. I like those two in baseball. Mm -hmm. um, 
the only reason I think sometimes like the one of one, one of this, I sometimes think, well, vintage, there's, they can't go back and make anymore. Right. That is what it is. Right. So that's why I like vintage more. And it's, like I said, it's memory to me. This is, this new way of collecting is new to me and the case hit. So it's not normal to me. There was no case hit. But honestly, if you think about it, I'm already, when I mentioned about those base cards, I'm collecting like the old way that people are, if I, if I wanted those cards, I'd say, okay, you got your case at great. Look what I got. I'll give you a hundred bucks for all the cards you have left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I would, and so, and I, and, oh, I have a set of, well, you don't have any big hits. I know who else has a set of flawless base. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's just does. something different. It's something it's different. A, and, and you don't think of it in that right. realm. You because can go, you go here it is. Right now, it might not be worth as much. 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, you know, Corky might not be around, but, it, you right. know, his son might sure. have a whole set of flawless base. Now you have all these collectors like, dude, we got all the case hits. Those are only one-on-ones. There's only so many, but, you know, there was so many flawless cards. That was, like, top of the line, just like Exquisite is these days. Like, damn, where can we get those cards? Oh, Corky's yeah. son. Look, here's an example, <laughs> Nice, that's yeah. high. Look at what the cost of those freaking um, EX aesthetic things are going for. Yeah. Without the hits. Right. How many people have sets on there? <laughs> I've seen but them, the, but it's rare. And, but they sell. Oh, if yeah, they go they on, they sell, boom. Yes. They might not be thousands, but I bet you they get 250, 300, right? No, it's thousands, bro. Those really? sets, it depends the on, the, on the rare. Or which year it is. If yeah. it's a Kobe rookie, I guess it's different. Right, right. Because but, that's the thing. There might be a set of 22 players, and out of those 22 players, you got a Kobe, you got an Iverson, you got a Jordan, and a Shaq. You know, so you got those four Hall of Famers, and then the rest are kind of like, not scrubs, but... Right, because uh, it wasn't the set, like those EX Century, or there's yeah. like 150 cards in yeah. the set, something like that, but they're super cool. See, I'd put them in a binder because they're so super cool looking, and people are like, "Whoa, those are awesome!" Like you show me the Dunkin' Donuts. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. sorry for people yeah. who weren't here before. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Well, listen, Cork, man, I could be here all day, and I'm being honest with that. My wife is texting me. I told her I'd be home early. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We got a lot of things we need to do. <laughs> um, it was really a pleasure coming here today. Thanks, man. To me, this is going to be. You're going to be a hobby superstar, brother. I don't know about that. Yeah, man. You, you know, you got just a wealth of knowledge. And we're going to take Corky's Corner. And we're going to put you on the map. Because I think, you know, you have what a ton of people, when they come into the hobby, are looking for. And that's knowledge. And knowledge is power when it comes to this hobby, dude. And, you know, I just want to pick your brain. Cousin Tone wants to pick your brain. And I'm almost 100% positive that anybody listening to this podcast, they want to get that knowledge from you and that's going to help them become a better collector and help them do what they need to do so i i mean sky's the limit brother thank oh, you so awesome. much for having us well, here. thanks for asking me to do this this is super cool my wife was over here i watched her they're down here you couldn't see her they're her and her sister there they're taking pictures like it's probably dumping on her face she probably did i don't even know gonna, what the look that's awesome see but, need those. she's like, gonna, like her sister and her dad to leave because i think my buddy they went to look for houses, yeah. so they had to go. That's awesome. awesome. And then we got the uh, – and the puppy had plenty to say. So, you know, if you, <laughs> guys, if you guys hear him in the background, you know, it's all right. He's a vintage collector too, so, <laughs> yeah. you he, know. He never chewed any of my but, cards. Uh, no, <laughs> the, we have a, we have, the people listen, we have a Bernese Mountain Dog. So he's like 150 pounds, and he's friendly as anything, but he's a big oaf. <laughs> 
I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Corky's Corner as much as we did. He'll be making an appearance once a month to bless us with that vintage knowledge. And don't forget to join us next Monday as we interview Mad Mike, a 49er super collector all the way from the state of Washington with an amazing story along with an amazing collection. So check us out on IG at Cousins underscore Collectibles. And we're going to end this like we always do. Keep focused, keep positive, and keep collecting. Hey, yo, Tone, bring the beat back.